loving ourselves through that process is the bravest thing we'll ever do. Brene Brown. So I just thought that was like a really good note to get us off on because I was just thinking about the stories that we've been told throughout our entire lives and like thinking about like the history of like scientific achievement and how women have been written out of history books in that regard and people of color have been written out of history books And Mm -hmm. I remember being a student and being so confused, like, how is that possible? Like, you know who invented this and just chose not to do, or, or like that woman had to make the choice to publish it under a male colleague's name so that it gets the attention it deserves and makes that advancement in history Mm -hmm. and is willing to forfeit all rights to it. And just, I, but then I joined the workforce and I just I understand how the person who is doing 90% of the legwork and is getting the work done and is a mastermind is not always the person who is sitting at the right the deserved seat at the table um or getting the notoriety they deserve so um I think that just helps reinforce to me that like it is all of our jobs to slow down to think and be thoughtful about who surrounds us and how we can embrace them and make sure that what is happening, what is the circumstances that surround us are just, everybody is being seen and recognized and understood and appreciated and all of that important stuff. I was going to say the good stuff, but it's the good stuff, but it's also the important stuff. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited <laughs> to talk about Brene. Will you tell me a little bit about her and her growing up? Because I don't know, maybe not her growing up, but, but her background, because I don't know a lot about it. No, I'm actually really glad you said growing up because this bl- woman, bless her heart, puts out on her website, like a little bit of timeline that I think is more interpersonal, more detailed and starts way earlier than what some of us might be thinking. Um, so I'll, I'll lead with a little bit more of a um, official bio, if you will. So Brene Brown is an American professor, lecturer, author, and podcast host. Brown folds the Huffington Foundation's Brene Brown Endowed Chair at the University of Houston's Graduate College of Social Work and is a visiting professor in management at McCombs School of Business at the University of Texas in at Austin. Wow. Yeah, (laughs) that was a a long title. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And um, she gained notoriety through TED Talk, um, through a TED Talk, I believe it was like 2010, and it was called The Power of Vulnerability. So um, that is a precipice of a lot of her work. So that was a really good touch point to be what she has gained expertise surrounding. Um, she is an author, being an author, she has five number one New York Times bestsellers, 
the gifts of imperfection, daring greatly, rising strong, braving the wilderness, and dare to lead. Yes, um, I've read two. I love her work. I have read bits and pieces of three, but I've not finished any of them. Not as a reflection of the quality of the work. It was <laughs> a reflection of my attention span and Libby app's limitations. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I need to purchase that, but I digress. So I audiobook uh, them because so. <laughs> um her I so a little bit more of a personal timeline because I think this is helpful with context. Um and also just I think I think it's really interesting. So she was born in 1965. So that's about my parents' age. Katie, your parents are would be thereabouts too, correct? Yeah, just two, she's just two years younger than mine. And then um graduated high school in 1983. So think of that good old looking 80s hair, rocking that. <laughs> um she has so these are kind of in like squares that you can roll your cursor over on her website and the it's a picture and then it kind of grays out and the words come up over top of it about like the year and what happened that year and when you roll over the year directly following high school it says no comment (laughs) (laughs) gap year gap year um so just wanted to shout out to say I feel ya and also it's the year that Katie and I met in our own timeline so if we wanted to parallel our timeline and I have to say I have no comment either yeah yeah Um, so she worked nights at AT&T, Holla Girl, being in technology, technically, and communication, <laughs> technically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she was taking customer service calls in Spanish. Oh, what? I had no idea. Complete badass. And I thought Katie huh. would love that detail. I do. And then she met her husband doing that, and they dated for seven years on and off before getting married so just saying even the greatest among us have interesting relationship backstories and they've been married since when they have two kids um not to like skip over too many things but (laughs) (laughs) it took her 12 years to graduate with her bsw which is a bachelor degree in social work which she did in 1995 and then she went on to do lots of different types of work and she self-published her first book in 2004 called women in shame and she also did a lot of work in research um so she contributed to a lot of different types of academic papers and research and two particular theories is the feminist standpoint theory and the shame resilience theory so just thought that those were worth specifically mentioning as well and that kind of is a prefaces of a lot of her work and what she's gone on to make very understandable for the general public so went kind of from an academic standpoint to advance this research um and then has been able to make you know pivot communication styles and go this is really important to get into in front of leaders and in front of people with hearts and minds that deserve to have this type of information so uh and she was also an addict right 
that's a really good question. I think that's part of her story. Um, What being sober has meant to me. 23 years of sobriety. And actually, I know she went on to Armchair Expert, but I don't think I haven't listened to that episode. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to guess she talks to Dax about it, but. Like she's talked about it and how it's impacted her life or like who she is now, but she hasn't talked about it in depth. I know she's had like some of her podcast conversations with Glennon Doyle and they've talked about like both being sober and what that means and um, what life was like an addiction and what it's taught them. So that's, I don't know. I think that might have something to do with her like wanting to study shame as you know, her topic of research oh yeah so interesting and like as you were talking about um you know the women women's history month and her as the subject of this podcast like a lot of the things she studies are emotions and like stereotypically feminine things emotions kind of are all in that area and like listening to her and hearing her research about these things for men, for women, for gender non-conforming people, for everyone is really, really cool. And to hear other people like be witnesses, I, her work is so important. So important. I love that. I am stepping down from my soapbox. No, sit up there. Stay up there (laughs) so I have a little bit more here on her sobriety but um a part of it was that uh, it appears that her mom was an addict and that she has genes that would be very very addictive but um super interesting that she narrative here so I'm really glad that you mentioned that and I actually I want to dive more into it but she does root it back to the concept of control which is something that I've been thinking more and more Mm -hmm. about the last few weeks as the world is shifting again in COVID and just I think we all have realized how much we can or cannot control during the last year and I you know appreciate when there are other lenses to look through that with because it does just echo into different parts of our lives so interesting thank you thank you thank you you're welcome thank you um I'm gonna skip a little bit down and so specifically today what I thought we would talk around about is her podcast piece um very exciting she signed an exclusive deal with spotify for her podcast so you do have to listen to her podcast via spotify Mm -hmm. um it was one of the largest podcasts to launch in 2020 it was not a result of covid unlike the majority of us (laughs) literally us (laughs) literally (laughs) us (laughs) um but she does mention that uh you know covid accelerated it to an extent because it upended so many people's lives and they were searching for entertainment but also 
around these topics that are so pervasive to everyday living and leading. And um, so just, it's a very exciting uh, media news too, that she got this exclusive deal and, you know, podcasts are still trying to carve out what does that look like to put it out there and what are the rules and what are the metrics and how do you monetize it? All of these sorts of things. So she was searching to keep her audio onto a single platform and wanted that to be a confinement to help nurture it and grow it. And so that this is, it's interesting what she put into the mix as the creator and with her vision and then seeing how media reacted to it and, you know, accepted and engaged and, I personally utilize Spotify, so I am just fine and pleased. But if you want to talk about The Office and Parks and Rec going exclusively onto Peacock, then we're going to have a different conversation Ooh. about media doing only one outlet. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. But I mean, at least Spotify is accessible. Like if you don't want to pay for it, right. you can still get to it. So that's kind of cool. Absolutely. So she does have two podcasts. Um, one is called Un- Unlocking Us. And that's the one I was just speaking of. Um, and it is conversations that unlock the deeply human part of who we are so that we can live, love, parent, and lead with more courage and heart. So. <laughs> it makes me melt. <laughs> like lip, like scrunch up and then just like melt. And I just think it's interesting that she decided to include parent in that, which she's a parent and she speaks very often and deeply about what that looks like for her. And, um, you know, as the next generation person and, you know, being younger and having been a student and having been the child role, I underestimated what it looks like to have that community support when parenting, like what it take it, like when we say it takes a village like it legitimately did <laughs> previously and we have there there is not a point in which we have technology enabled enough or are sufficient enough in which it does not take a lot of people to be engaged and thoughtful and supportive mm-hmm. um to get good human beings you know through beyond their 18 years <laughs> of life Right. And, uh, yeah. So I, I think even ask me a year ago, I would have been like, why do we have to throw parents into that? You know, like, you know, we're professionals. Like that's some people's routes, but that's becoming less and less people's routes. Like, like there's mom books, aren't there? Like what to expect when you're expecting, like <laughs> toss circle somewhere else for that. But when we think about what's important in our community, like, I, th- I think it's important that that's right there alongside live, love, parent, and lead. I'm, yeah. I'm cool with that. So did you uh, have any reactions I, to that, Kay? Yeah. And I, I would say I'm probably along the same lines as you. Like, also, I think there might be like shame, maybe to use her words, like around bringing parent into the professional space, mm. but like, you know, parenthood is three quarters of the day for people who are parents like you go to work for eight hours maybe less maybe more but like 
then the rest of the day is for your family or your people or whoever. So like putting that in there is so important because it's like rarely does anyone ever define themselves like on a stage as like, my name's Katie Christ. I'm a communications associate at Warburg College, period. I also have like a family that consists of my husband and my dog. And, and like eventually it'll be like, when we'll have kids. And like, that doesn't happen, but that's such a big part of like our roles and who we are and like mm-hmm. understanding that context. That's, I mean, I could talk more and more and more about this, but like including that in your identity and then with that community aspect of it and understanding each other and helping each other and all that, super important. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked your thoughts on that. I, this is such an interesting time with the pandemic and the calls I've been a part of where people are working from home and they do have their children around and how enriching that has been for even the other people on the call like even me 24 year old Mackenzie who does not have children and frankly has a history of not loving children (laughs) 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 um how fun that's been and such a reminder of what it is like to have childlike joy and kind of right size any situation and um I'm learning more and more as I'm better at setting boundaries and following boundaries and appreciating boundaries that how enriching life can be to the work we do when we're willing to create that dynamic and I just yeah I I mean I'm not a parent and I don't even parent our cats so (laughs) I really have nothing to it but uh I just, I don't think anybody is at the end of their life and thinks nearly as much about work as they do about their relationships with other people, whether that is that they are a parent or that they are a godparent or that, you know, everybody is a child and every, a daughter or a son or, you know, have has that connectivity, a dynamic to their life, officially, unofficially, with people who are your biologically yours or not, all mm-hmm. of that. So there's so much truth to that and value in like understanding it now and like how we as young, young professionals can shape our lives then around those values and just like set up those habits now so we don't regret not doing that later does that make sense yeah Yeah, no I think and I think that intro intertwines in with the you know us talking about what are our 20s for and Mm -hmm. what are we setting up and if this is our time to be adventurous and for some of us and not have families or have families that do not yet include children or even if we're not planning to have it include children life is meant to be lived and rarely well is that going to be about your eight to five job whether it's in the office or not or as exciting or 
um, financially rewarding as that is. Um, it might enable those trips to Cabo or whatever it is that you think you're working towards. And as great as, again, those things are, I just, I'm constantly reminded about how every day needs to be great in its own way. And I don't mean that in like this commercially wrapped way or media drenched way. Um, one of my favorite things on TikTok is like the romanticizing your everyday life. Yes. Like there has nothing to do with people are reading a book and doing, you know, it, it's truly just like looking at your life through a new lens and saying, wow. And being awestruck by the yeah. mundane. It's beautiful. I thought about starting to do the romanticizing my life so I could end my bad luck streak. Um, yeah then I was like I'm probably just gonna document my bad luck streak (laughs) (laughs) trips all over how did a second battery die in my car I don't know breaks another candle takes another 20 minutes to clean it up it's just too much I know so uh, unlocking us the podcast (laughs) Just to throw it out there, um, you can expect guests like Joe Biden, Glenn, Glennon Doyle, as Katie mentioned, mm-hmm. Roxanne Gay. So various thought leaders that are willing to get personal and um, share what they've thought in life, learned in life, seen in life. Um, I really like the Joe Biden one. I was frankly... Like, I love politics, but I was really kind of not wanting to do too many interviews or, like, follow it too, too closely. Mm -hmm. And that was a good one to get some different substance of a human being thoughts from him. So it was, you know, Mm pre-election. It was. I listened to it, it too. Okay, Mm -hmm. cool. And I thought it was very well done. I enjoyed that. So... I agree. So thank you, Brene, for giving that to us. And then to um, also say that she has another podcast that's called Dare to Lead. Um, And, you know, each are defined, and this one is defined as conversations with change catalysts, culture shifters, and more than a few troublemakers (laughs) who are innovating, creating, and daring to lead. And of course, I love this. I love, love, love this. I love leadership. I love conversations around leadership. And she (laughs) literally interviews my favorite people, Simon Sinek and Adam Grant. And I am just, and I think she gets invited onto their podcast too. I think it was a reciprocated thing. So I think I got two conversations with each of them for the price of one, which I'm overjoyed about overjoyed um and then she also has another president on the dare to lead podcast she has barack obama on i haven't listened to that one yet so i'm very excited about that will you tell me a little bit about like a short little tidbit about who simon sinek and adam grant are because i know who simon simon sinek is i don't know adam grant maybe i don't know that i don't know him maybe i do thank you do know him but you don't know that you do know him okay. uh, most I'm just saying that because I think everybody should um, <laughs> and they interview each other actually so that's oh. really worth seeing um, <laughs> C 
seeing, listening to. I, I don't think it's visual. I listen to it in the podcast. That's what I'll Reading, say Reading, watching, and listening to. It's all of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Simon Sinek is, and Adam Grant, they're both academia-based researchers that then implement these things around culture, um, like company culture, but then just anything that helps define what connectivity looks like and how to make us all better strengthen the individual strengthen the community sort of thing mm-hmm. um, but they have two different they have very complementary thoughts findings systems but they don't work together they come from different um different methodologies so let me look up this officially so adam grant is an american psychologist So he's going to be coming from it with a different measuring stick, if you will, than Simon Sinek, whose first book, he actually wanted to write a book about communication and marketing. And then he realized what makes great copy, what makes great storytelling, what makes compelling ads is actually what makes compelling organizations and leaders. Mm -hmm. And it all is based about Roger Y. And so he was able to create this transcending concept that all perseveres through a why and how to reframe and right size information um and it affects affects the actions that are taken it affects how you can talk about it um all that good stuff so yeah one's a communicator and then I think his advanced degrees are a little bit more business process methodology sort of things and Adam Grant comes to it more from a psychological standpoint and from the perspective of an individual and um, yeah, calls out misnomers that way, but they have very complementary concepts. So it's really interesting when they sit down with each other and kind of banter back and forth. And now apparently she's, they sit down with Brene, which I think is the greatest thing that's going to happen frankly for a number <laughs> of years so it, I think it's probably I, they both have podcast episodes that I go back to every six months or so just to kind of get that refresher and feel like I'm on the right path and um, I have those moments with Brene too so and that's pretty exclusive to these three individuals actually for me I don't do that too often even even Dak Shepard, whom I love, an armchair expert, which I love, I think I've only listened to an episode twice from them, maybe a time or two. And frankly, it's because I'm listening with somebody else and they were like, they were really excited about this particular celebrity and I had already listened. So I was like, mm-hmm. I'm cool listening twice, but these are, I'll go every six months or so and re-listen to and I'm just wow. doing it by myself for myself sort of thing. So it's just like, I needed this reminder today. That's really cool. Yeah. So highly recommend they both have their own podcast too. Sorry, Brene, I don't want to steal your late, but it's <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think okay. she would have liked it too. She would have liked that. We would have given them a shout out. Yes. So I do want to say, like, for expectations about what you're going to get into with Brene, she's going to be speaking on vulnerability, oh, perseverance, yeah. and self care and self love, and some quotes for you. Um, 
She defines a leader as anyone who takes responsibility for finding the potential in people and processes and has the courage to develop that potential, Mm. which I love. I just thought that was incredible. And then some more quotes of her, just things she said that really, really resonated with me, especially at this time in our life. I think she does a lot of interesting things with identity and the concept of identity does evolve in some ways. You know, we just talked about parenthood and we are not parents, but we're starting to align ourselves a little bit more with what it looks like to transition from, you know, student receiver child to parent giver, caregiver, those sorts of identities too. So, um, but I think as a young professional, I really appreciate what she's saying because it just reinforces that like, take a deep breath, keep moving forward. You've got this sort of things. So, um, Brene Brown, you either walk inside your story and own it, or you stand outside your story and hustle for your worthiness. I don't have to chase extraordinary moments to find happiness. It's right in front of me. If I'm paying attention and practicing gratitude, Vulnerability is not winning or losing. It's having the courage to show up and be seen when we have no control over the outcome. That one really hit me just specifically as a young professional. There are things I have a lot of control over, but there are also, it's been really hard to accept the ways in which (laughs) I don't. (laughs) Here's what is truly at the heart of wholeheartedness. Worthy now, not if, not when, we're worthy of love and belonging now, right this minute, as is. We are born makers. We move what we're, le- we move what we're learning from our heads to our hearts and through our hands. Oh, I love that. The visual of it just like flowing through your body is so powerful to me. And that one reinforces for me just like the things I like to, I, I like to play the, I got ukulele. I like to play my ukulele. I'm terrible at it, but I've had a hard time of like, you know, my family makes fun of me because they know I'm absolutely tone deaf and they're like, why would you even bot? And I'm like, it's, it's just the flow. It's the, I want to make loud noises and be heard. And I, it's not a quality thing. It's just like, uh, I want this to, it's a process it all happens at once <laughs> and then lastly and this one's funny because midlife I was like do I count as midlife if I'm mid-20s like is that I mean first 20 years last 20 years of that 40 in the middle can we just like, wrap that all together as midlife like I was thinking for you know a while when I was not oh realistically upon it Katie no <laughs> I am worthy of love right now as is even with this commentary you are (laughs) I was saying nothing about your worthiness of love I was thinking I was thinking you were gonna stop after first 20 years last 20 years and I'm like the world doesn't end when we're 40 hopefully (laughs) Jesus Christ no I said there was 40 in the middle I was pretty generous of anything 40 60 I don't know 80 is pretty pretty realistic 
Yeah. Could be worse. Okay. Midlife. When the universe (laughs) grabs your shoulders and tells you, I'm not effing around, use the gifts you were given. Yeah. Yeah. That's why people have crises. (laughs) I'm having a crisis right now. (laughs) Do you want to go into that, Katie? No. (laughs) You can continue with your thoughts. Great. Thank you. (laughs) Um, No, so I'm actually circling around here to a conclusion, believe it or not. And one thing is, you know, something I love about Brene Brown is this intentionality that she brings and that to me, I felt like there were so many more options and so much more variety than I ever thought possible for how organizations can operate, how individuals can operate, and how it's not as easily congealed as the experiences I've had previously before me. And so um, if you want to reframe your values, your work, your actions, I highly recommend she has a daring leadership assessment, which is pretty quick to take. I want to say it's about not even five minutes where you can go through and on um, like a scale of always to never identify yourself with different phrases um, or prompts. So I take risks even when the outcome is uncertain. I'm aware of the emotions that are most likely to arise for me when I am in struggle. And it's a lot of self-awareness, but it's not personality testing. It's not, it's an assessment around three different areas. And then it kind of gives you your opportunities for growth and where your strengths lie and kind of breaks it down a little bit more for you. And it does go with the book, Daring to Lead. So if you take the assessment and you're like, wow, I think this one's asking me these really great questions and really helping me reframe things that are important to me to be thinking about, but I just, I don't have that person in my life who's framing this like me, this for me. Um, then you can follow up and listen to the podcast or read the book and get mm. more of that energy going. There's a lot of touch points with this type of thought and being able to see it in action. She has videos, you know, the whole gamut of opportunities to soak in some of these thoughts, because I think they are really nourishing to ourselves and to the work that we're capable of putting out there in our own expertise yes yeah I um I so the results are on a scale of one zero to ten and like me being kind of a competitive person I'm like oh well I want to have a 10 but like when I'm talking about leadership like your leadership styles and abilities and understanding like your personalities and your values and those things um it's not a competition you know and so that's important for me to think about when um assessing this because i the three bullet points that i have are i have strengths i have both strengths and opportunities for growth and i have solid opportunities for growth and so like changing that like you have weaknesses to you know you have opportunities for growing in your leadership 
And it's like not a make it or break it type of thing, which is important to me. Yeah. No, and I had a moment when I was getting my results and I was honestly in the middle of all three. I was just over five and I was kind of like, I'm not acing this. <laughs> and I knew it as I was going through, there were various points where I'm like, mm, I know I should say this, but no, I'm going to be, on. I, I checked yeah. the box before I began that I was going to be authentic while I did this. So damn it. I, I know I'm it's closer <laughs> to this one. Oh um, my God. And it really held you accountable there. I know. I know. I, <laughs> and I appreciated it. Cause you know, what's the point? Nobody else is literally, literally nobody else has seen the results of this. What is the point of lying on it? Like, <laughs> but <laughs> I was like, I know I want to be closer to, and then, but then I'm like, there, are, there's truly a gap in my ability to do that right now. And like that can change, like, and I am, I had the realization earlier this week that I have been in the workforce for 10 years officially um, and unofficially more like 12. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And so, <laughs> I mean, not full time, obviously, but you know, I've had decade, a job, I know a whole decade of getting paid per hour for my work. Um, and you have 10 more years and then I love- you have 10 more years and then 70 years in between. <laughs> get them started early keep them going late that's what <laughs> grandpappy always said <laughs> grandpappy I don't know huh. I call him that sometimes he doesn't really he- notice <laughs> oh <laughs> he just ignores it yeah <laughs> <laughs> I called him on Friday he was really happy anyways Aww. I digress sweet well so you said you got like did you get fives for all of your yeah, results? I just got just over five for all of my results, like 5.6, 5.4, 5.8 or something like that. So, um, but yeah, I was just, re- I was like, what? I mean, it's great. I, congratulations to anybody who scores highly their first time through. Like, that's wonderful. I'm so proud of you. But I was like, wow, something to work towards. How good does that feel? Like something I'm passionate about, something I care about ways in which I want to be making change and like you know you know the concept how what you're doing right now is the result of processes and so if you're not liking the results you have to change the process sort of thing Mm -hmm. I felt like this quit this assessment really reflected how you can change your process to get the results you want to be getting and I I'm very excited to be making change surrounding these very, these things I value. And I, as I was going through it, I'm like, this is so important. This is so important to me. And I wasn't prioritizing it. It was getting drowned out and the everyday of X, Y, and Z. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, So like the four areas of like scoring here are Rumbling with vulnerability, which she talks about that in, I mean, obviously in Dare to Lead, but I think one of her other books too. Um, living into your values, braving trust, and learning to rise. And these are all very like Brene Brown. I feel like you need to get into a little, it a little bit to understand what these mean, um, especially using words like rumbling with vulnerability. What does that mean? So I don't know, did any of them kind of 
stick out to you as like, yes, I want to do more with this one in particular? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think that, here, I'm pulling up my results quickly so that I can see. Um, I got in the sixes for all of them, B2 types. Oh, look at you, you rock star. I still was like, I'm not an 8.9. What? Yeah, I, well, I'm excited to start with the first part for, I mean, not that any of this has to be super linear, but of course, I'm a tactical person. You can just scroll down the page. It's good. Yeah. Um, the living your values, what, like, I think that's a good starting point because I just went through some value training values training with that leadership program I'm doing and thought it was really interesting to hear other people's values and the way that's exemplified. And I actually had some dissonance with my values this week, not personally, but um, while interacting with others and realizing in the way in which some people get annoyed with certain pet peeves, I was getting annoyed with these individuals and how they were taking just everyday actions of being near other people. But I, it was, they were pet peeves. I'm realizing because their actions were representing things that were against my values, just in terms of respect and responsibility. And Mm. I was like, well, that those must not be those people's values. Um, even though I feel like that is something they teach you in fifth grade that it should be everybody's but here we are we're gonna have a whine about it later we are (laughs) (laughs) interesting sorry I was like that's super interesting to me and as you as you heard I was like oh oh um yeah we can talk about that more later but like, yeah, it might be an offline conversation, actually. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll do a little bit, maybe ambiguously, but. Uh. <laughs> Jane Doe, number one. John Smith. Um, no, but like, truly, like, understanding values. I, I, I am assuming, and please correct me if I'm wrong, or affirm if I'm right, that understanding values like this is kind of like understanding personalities like or like Enneagram kind of thing with those workshops like how like what are those values and how do you like shift your thinking to kind of meet them where they're at and vice versa yeah I would say that definitely and like it would be helpful for there are various ways that would be ways to aid the ability of two people who do have their top values being different things to come together and say, we do share this value though, or share this perspective, or this is where these two values intersect strongly. Um, So there are definitely ways to continue to be united, but it is, you know, kind of the concept of like microaggressions, like, when cultures and conflict, then I think it comes out in micro ways. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I feel like that was an incomplete thought. Um, and obviously, microaggressions are very, very important. So I don't want to like 
overstate that, but um, yeah, okay. yeah, like yeah, uh, that's an incomplete thought. I'll think on it. I'll I'll get back to you next week on that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, a part of like her research that makes me uncomfortable is the vulnerability part, and like the especially rumbling with it. Um, part of what she says is like the willingness to rumble with vulnerability. It's having the courage to show up fully engaged and be seen when you can't control the outcome. And I have a really hard time with that. When we were talking about control earlier, I have a hard time. Like I don't have control. Like I don't know how to function always. And part of that is like, if I show my very like vulnerable emotions and who I am I don't have control of how other others perceive me like it's just kind of like showing up as you are and letting the world take you for that whatever that means for everything else and everyone else and I have a really hard time with that so like I know I have opportunities for growth there um as a leader, especially like of my interns, like I ask them to do like vulnerable things, like share their enneagrams and things like that. And like talk about it as 18, 19, 20 year olds. And that's not easy. That's not easy for a first year in college to be doing that. And it's not always easy for men. It's not easy for women, but like the stigmas around it and dynamics it's just it's hard for me to do and I know I need to do it Mm. and I'm rumbling with it for sure (laughs) rumbling some other stronger adjectives I don't know verbs yeah ing verbs well it's hard because a lot of times it's not instant gratitude like gratification to be doing that it's you're creating this really great foundation to relationships to grow from or you know but a lot of times you're vulnerable and then you feel like or at least in my cases like I feel like I've been vulnerable and then I've not received the affirmation or feedback I was hoping could be a result of doing being vulnerable and then I go well why did I just show those cards If, if it's if it's not <laughs> changing then what was the point <laughs> uh, but but then like later do you see the reward of that in like interpersonal communication or like trust on a team yeah that's a really good question I think I have in other ways in unexpected ways or even just by practicing being authentic and genuine and forthcoming in leading by example if only for myself then um I'm able to do that in all places you know in more places and mm-hmm. situations and dynamics and then you know I'm really living what my personal brand is and I'm living my values and that sort of thing so no it does in the long term make a huge difference because I'm being thoughtful and I'm I'm able to then replicate it again and again but boy, does it stink when you're like, okay, I'm going to go into the, you know, I prepped myself. I am, I am ready to go there. And then 
they weren't or it was unexpected or it's just not the culture that supports that especially in this moment and it's it's frustrating it's frustrating and makes you wonder why why do it at all (laughs) but then you remember these other ways in which it's great and good and necessary we practice now so when it matters this is what I tell myself we practice now so when it matters we me myself and I um are I don't know emotionally resilient enough to be vulnerable and trusting and all those things Mackenzie's not in her head actively nodding my head and honestly a huge part of this process for me is even this podcast is this is my safe space that we get a craft together and Katie is a person that I've trusted for a long time and so while it's weird and vulnerable to put our conversations out there on the line as you will (laughs) um um to have this consistency of this sort of safe space for me is just incredible it's exactly what I've needed for a long time and I'm so so grateful for it so I love you Katie I love you (laughs) I was like my heart was snapping to that I was really should we start doing snap cups what does that mean snap blonde snap what Legally Blonde too, probably. Snap cups? What was the term? Cups? Snap cups? I don't understand. Like, have you seen Legally Blonde too? Um, yeah. They did like a compliment cup where you put like compliments in it and then they read it at their weekly meeting and give snaps to that. Aww. <laughs> cute. <laughs> yeah. It was a really cute cup and like... Reese Witherspoon can change whatever culture she wants immediately. Yeah, absolutely can. I mean, but there was conflict to help with the climax of that movie, but <laughs> Same. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have okay, any final thoughts cuts. about Brene Brown? Um, what what I appreciate about Brene Brown is that she quantifies and qualifies her research in ways that are really easy to understand I think like shame and vulnerability aren't necessarily tangible and so like consuming her research and understanding how it impacts every area of our lives pop culture um she connects things and trends in our U.S society that I just had not been able to connect before like it's kind of on the outskirts of you know like all these things feel a certain way but why and she's like it's because of shame it's because we don't open up to each other Mm. it's because we're not really willing to rumble with each other so um I I think that's what I appreciate most is her quantifying her research and asking the hard questions, especially on the podcasts. Um, I would say if you get any chance to just listen to her voice, I love it. I don't know if she was ever a smoker, but she kind of has like, does that, does this make sense? Like people who just have like a rougher voice and I love it. Like I listened, my first book of hers that I listened to or read was um, 
oh, I think it was Dare to Lead or Daring Greatly. And I listened to it at the gym. I was like, I am here. This is awesome. I am a woman working out at 9 p.m. with all the college boys who are super buff around me. And I got this. And I can listen to books about shame and vulnerability and be empowered by it. Look yeah. at you go, queen. Of course, that was a year and a half ago, and I haven't been to the gym in a long time. Hmm. It's okay. It's okay. I'm fine. <sighs> I miss the gym, too. Honestly, it's one of the things I miss the most. Yeah. Miss I've... the most. We might need to talk later about feeling, I don't know, how I feel about the gym. Mm. And if it's valid. Mm-hmm. Valid? Valid. Yep. That's, You're right. That's the one. Yeah. Any, any final thoughts for you about Brene Brown? and? No, I think you work? did such a good job of wrapping that up, Katie. I think those were the exact right words and framework. So really what I just want to say and reiterate as kind of a call to action, if you will, is just to please join us in our efforts and failures, but mostly efforts in recognizing the people around you and seeing them and being patient with them and being vulnerable with them and alongside them and to build community together and to be a member of that community. Um, And it's hard. (laughs) It is, if it was easy, it would be done is kind of a philosophy that I've been following lately. (laughs) If it was easy, it would be happening or it would be done. And oh my God, I want that like tattooed on my body. (laughs) If it was easy, if it would be done or like on my office, my mood board or my vision board or about it Mm, I was trying to like get that grit going Mm, I don't know I can't do it it's okay I can't either speaking of sultry voices though I just (laughs) thought I would make a mention that you told me that you're gonna listen to the audiobook of more myself which was Alicia Keys and I did listen to that on my drive with my coworker. so we are like almost two hours in to the book and I think we're going to finish it on our own but then we're going to start listening to audiobooks when we travel together so oh my gosh well I told you I was going to listen to it and then I did not listen to it (gasps) um (laughs) what a scandal she has a great voice to listen to she does great voice yeah highly recommend I have a weird like mm, it's almost off-putting to me to listen to people who are famous because they're celebrities like Mm. like their biographies I don't know I'm just there's like a weird thing for me about that but it feels undeserved for you maybe but also like that's coming from me as a person who thinks every single person has something worth sharing and like a story Mm -hmm. worth telling and like understanding she's an incredible musician like incredible so I don't know what my hesitation is about it but like so yeah like people who are celebrities I'd, I'd rather hear from the Brene Browns 
people who are doing research. Celebrities and athletes, I'm just not like. I can get that. I can my jam. That. Yeah. I kind of know but, what you're saying. But you're enjoying it so far. So but I'm very you. much enjoying it. And it's kind of great because it, it is kind of just like an, I don't know, an average person's tale or just like a different storyline, you know, of wanting and then achieving and then being incomplete all at the same time and it I really appreciate it so I'm I'm really enjoying it okay okay that that helps me because I hadn't heard anything about it so Mm -hmm. So I I'm I'll look forward to we'll talk about it and you'll get done with it quicker than me because you're more dedicated than I am I also have a longer drive to work than you do yeah I also don't typically listen to them on my drives (laughs) that short really on longer drives which I rarely do anymore so we'll get to figure it out but tell me about your wine about it yeah thanks so much for asking Katie you're welcome (laughs) um you know I kind of have like a handful of things I felt like this could be but I want to wrap it up into allergies we've had at the point in which I started being inflicted with allergies, we literally had one warm day. One day it reached 50. <laughs> Otherwise it was snowy and gross and I still had allergies start. So my wine about is actually very much not really work-related, not really anything related besides like I have been dying to be outside and get some fresh air and it's attacking me. And <laughs> and in like not ter- like terrible ways either. Like, like my like my eyes are kind of puffy. They're kind of dry. They're kind of red. Mm-hmm. I've got a little bit of a sniffle, but not a huge sniffle. I I'm able to contain it. So nobody's too worried about me having COVID. So, <laughs> so far anyways, but I am tired and, and I haven't been outside more. It's not like, Oh my gosh, I'm really like getting my steps in now. Thank God. Finally, again, it makes sense that I'm exhausted. No, I've just been tired. And so, mm-hmm. but it's been an opportunity for me to examine how I get rest and reprieve and what I need to be doing to do that. So, and I don't have a perfect recipe yet, but um, I've had a little bit of a low key weekend. I'm still going to enter the work week tomorrow. I think I'm not feeling completely rested in the way I would like to be, but mm-hmm. um, closer than I could have been otherwise. So that's my whine about it is that I'm tired and it's kind of tough because I feel like I've had so many waves of being tired, especially at late between, you know, winter starting and the time of evening changing and the sun dynamic and then kind of hit like another wave with the pandemic and being confined and feeling limited and all of that hardship and then now I'm kind of like finally the things that I thought were like seasonal depression affecting me are being lifted and then allergies and like the next wave of something else but Mm. kind of the being present and finding the good moments of everything and it's encouraging me to rest and so and I think as soon as I accept that and I surrender (laughs) and then I'm all of a sudden going to be like the energy is flowing again so mm-hmm. just need to get myself to the point where I'll surrender I have no control I have no control there are things <laughs> in which I have no control over <laughs> mantra there you go 
There you go. Katie, what is your wine about it? Hmm. What isn't my wine about it? <laughs> Why are we completely, we are positive, grateful, happy humans, but God, do I feel like sometimes <laughs> we're yeah. like, the world is burning and if I could do anything I would light a fucking match <laughs> kind of kind of yeah. yeah use it to light my cigar and have my Ugh, smoke and yeah. move on <laughs> um I'm gonna rumble with some vulnerability here Ooh. um because we, we like people don't talk about it I'm like a I'm fine, but like I'm a little stressed financially. Just mm-hmm. like, like it's a weird time of month, hard time of year. Taxes are super fucking expensive, and like I have to pay a bunch of money back. That's stupid. And um, yeah, just like, like I'm fine. I have savings, and I'm about to start a joint account with my husband and <gasps> sugar daddy I know kind of kind of <laughs> at this point um and like start like doing retirement things and I just don't feel totally in control of my finances at this very moment so it's just kind of it's stressful you know and I want I want to have a life of luxury and I know that this is part of the the journey and I'm happy to be where I am and I'm very grateful for this life that I'm living and the roles I'm not playing the roles I'm living out but it's just yeah it's a little bit of a tight time and so like what that means and okay I I download books for free off the internet and it's like I don't want to feel guilty about like reading because that brings me joy and it can be free like you know mm-hmm. so things like that like just trying to I don't know enjoy the things that I don't have to spend money on. I really appreciate you sharing that I can say genuinely in the over two years since I graduated college and became officially financially independent and started dealing with the, re- <laughs> the uh, <laughs> repercussions of my actions throughout college <laughs> in terms of student debt and that sort of thing, there has genuinely been like maybe six weeks, that six consecutive weeks where I felt really comfortable <laughs> with my finances and I felt like I was living within my means and I was starting to gain some you know, helpful savings. And I, I was just, I felt like my savings and my actions were aligning really well. There, yeah. In two years, there was six weeks where I kind of got the swing of it, of budgeting and financing and all that sort of stuff. And every other time I have been stressed, I don't like talking about it. It doesn't feel particularly manageable. Like I'm fine. Like I'm following the systems I need to be following, but it's just, it's not comfortable. And yeah, it, feel secular like there's not a way out of it currently all I can do is kind of make shift make it work until (laughs) there's an influx (laughs) so yeah 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 I 
I'm there with you. And it's, it's hard. It's hard because it's like, okay, you can only work so many hours in a day. And I like, I know how to grind. And like, there's a freelance client I have that I haven't requested money from in a while that I I can't do that. I can go to BioLife and sell my plasma, sell my body for money. Like I can do those things. Um, but then like, okay, then it takes me away from home. And I, do I do it after work? Because then that takes me away from the dog. And then I feel guilty. And then all these things. And I'm like, what's worth it? But like, I, I'm just gonna drink black coffee and eat pre-made salads that and that's it because that's you know that's what it has to be right now like it's just I love it it's just another day in paradise (laughs) I don't know I'm trying to get out of the like wanting more you know and just like figuring it out from where I am and I could probably live in a cheaper apartment and things like that but um but you yeah, all those have like that adulting. Like it's not right. I love all the ways in which we justify to ourselves that we could be saving like fifty bucks here and there. You know, like it. it I mean, apartments, housing costs—that's a monthly expense. And so, if you cut down fifty dollars, and obviously that expands, but just or X amount of dollars. But how important is the concept of home and having some place that you can comfortably call that and beyond safety measures and beyond just yeah I you are not the first person to actually say this to me recently although bless the heart of the first person I completely validate all thoughts and feelings around that because it is hard but um the first person's because they're trying to buy a house and then they saw a post about how one of their classmates posted about being debt-free and like resources to becoming Mm. debt-free and they were like, I'm not that as close to that as I want to be. And then I'm about to get a mortgage with a house and they're really well positioned to be making this investment ultimately, but you know, here. Yeah. 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 It's, It's a hard one. There's no answers for it. It's just kind of part of, I feel like if you have to support yourself and get this, I don't even pay my own car insurance or my phone bill. I'm married and I don't do those things. So that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Only child. Nothing made my dad happier than right. I think I wasn't even technically commenced from college yet when he was, no, maybe it was a week or two after when we went to the bank and got my title put in my name and officially transitioned the <laughs> insurance to my name and he like wiped his hands clean of it yeah like truly nothing makes my dad happier than and like like my parents very supportive have always been very supportive support you know helps throughout college were very reasonable all great things it was time when I graduated college that I would, I had a full-time sal- I had a full-time job that was coming with a salary that it was time for me to do that. Um, and I have always also been very financially responsible, but well, I mean, very might've been a stretch. 
I sometimes remember that like I went to Brazil like and like I did things that like life was worth living sort of things but also like I'm an equestrian I I have a very expensive lawn ornament his name is Jones I've had him (laughs) for 10 years like (laughs) yeah yeah but um anyways like my parents I love my mom would buy anything for us if she could if she could get a pass Dan frankly um and my dad nothing makes him happier than having us be financially independent and even when like we do small trips because we all live in different cities now I live about two and a half hours from my parents my brother lives three hours from me five plus six hours from them so when we do even weekends to get together like nothing makes my dad happier than when I buy pizza for everybody or like when Jesse picks up the bill for dinner like and if we, when we go on vacation, like the expectation is that we split the bill. Like if we're going to go on a seven day vacation together, he will he, just cause he wants to, but nothing makes him prouder to be that we don't assume he will. <laughs> and yeah. the moments in which we do cover ourselves or we are in a social gathering and I'm like, Hey dad, I'm going to go grab a beer. Do you want a beer? Like I'll grab it for you and, and pay for it. And he's like, the sun is shining out of his he's just so happy <laughs> that's cool so that's really it's cool. cool it's cool it really helps reinforce that I need to be financially responsible enough that when there are these moments that I can do that for us and for him but also it kind of sucks because I'm like <laughs> dude I'm 24 like <laughs> you told me to go to private college like <laughs> you set the expectation for a four-year degree and then you didn't particularly plan on paying for it <laughs> like legacy legacy but yeah 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 well thank you people, again katie for yeah. sharing that yeah people don't talk about money and it's awkward and hard and it's so personal so mm-hmm. yeah if anybody makes it this far in the podcast there you go there you go there you go I have to say one really great thing is my roommates and I are, I mean, of course, because we do share bills, but also just generally speaking, give each other advice, look be a different set of eyes, all help each other live in a way in which is within all of our means and kind of takes a not truly community approach because we each have our own income and are responsible for ourselves. But that's been nice is not having to completely do it on my own. I was living in my own apartment and it was truly like, there's nobody or you know to talk to you about yeah. this or share this with like I'm living in my own apartment and I'm 100% on my own and it was a good realization to have but it is really nice to live in a house where it's like we share groceries and cook for each other and do things that are quality of life things and affordability things well Katie do you have a sweet as wine a sweet as wine uh-huh let me see. Probably. <laughs> Probably. Um, as sweet as wine. I feel like my household is in order. And by that, I mean, like, things haven't been, like, clean or taken care of in a long time. And I feel like this weekend was a really good weekend to um, just get it done and Mm. and then I went on a run last night with Luther and it was a quickie but it was really it was nice to kind of stretch my legs and 
work out and all of that. So yeah, that, I mean, that's my sweetest line, just feeling a little bit productive, taking control of the things that I can't control. So yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. What about you, sweetest line? My sweetest line is actually work-related. Um, we are looking to incorporate some digital marketing and we have a resource that I get to collaborate with to do that. And I'm looking at our budget and I'm understanding the logistics of it, but I'm, I think this could make a really big difference in our marketing efforts. And it has the ability to touch point a few different projects and a few different aspects of our organization. And if this goes well, I think it could turn into the other part of our organization. So I'm just, I'm looking forward to incorporating this technology. We've used it previously a little bit before I was on. Um, but again, I think, and yeah, there's just, a lot of opportunities with it and so I'm excited to be knowledgeable and oversee it and I just think this will be really really rewarding and it's always good to feel like you're getting traction and then you know aren't the solo player in it either so it's good to yeah. be cutting edge and you know I get to help direct it but I don't have to be the boots on the ground tactical person around it which feels really good <laughs> That is good. It's not, it feels like a smarter, not harder thing. Absolutely. It's 100% okay. one of those things. And I get to ask questions and then I get to provide resources and then I get to watch the numbers and I get to help redirect strategy as needed, but it's being managed by experts in the field. And it's just like, that is so great that I get to have a touch point about it. But then I also get to focus on, you know, it's just great because it's like the composition of all my days will be exactly the same in terms of the other efforts I'm doing, but just to add that element to it and then know it's going to be done very, very well takes a lot of stress off of me in terms of some of our marketing efforts. So it'll be, I'm, I'm really hopeful yeah. to see the effect it does and the actions we're hoping people will take if we can get it in front of them, make it easy and make it happen. So yay. Cool. yay work thing. Good. Yeah. Yay. I'm so happy for you. Thank That's really you. cool. That, yeah. Definitely feels like a weight off your shoulders <laughs> or like a fun. It sounds like maybe, I don't know if it's like a weight off your shoulder. I want to take that back. It To me, listening to you, it sounds like it's letting you lead in a way that's life-giving instead yeah. of draining. Yeah. And I get to use work with some, one of our partners that we are kind of reshaping our relationship with. And I really enjoy working with that particular individual um, who oversees that. And so it's all good. It's all good. It feels like a lot of things happening and I get to have a lot of ownership, but also collaboration with that. So it is life-giving. Cool. That was a good way of putting that. <laughs> good I'm so glad okay. yay alright Katie I think that's it for us this week I think so too my goodness it's been an absolute pleasure Katie absolutely absolutely alright catch you on the flip side homeschooling see ya